As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. The purpose of this podcast is to provide tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. To sum it up, we help you win at work and at home by helping you get things done. Here's a little bit more about me. I am a husband, a father, a friend, a business owner, a professional engineer. I have a PhD in civil engineering and over 20 years of practical experience in the maintenance and operations of transportation infrastructure. I bring a unique perspective with my education, professional background, as well as being a certified leadership and business coach. I would love to connect with you to learn more about how I can help you achieve your goals. If you want to connect with me, feel free to use any of the links that are in the show notes, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I am here to connect with you. So what's been going on in my world lately? You know, I have in my weekly email update. I have a section that talks about, you know, what in the world has my mind been on lately? And really, as I started thinking about that, are you, I have a question for you. Are you one of those people that do your new year's resolutions or are you a person that selects a word for the year? So the practice of choosing a word for the year is that instead of setting a lot of different new year's resolutions, you select a single word that will embody your focus for the year. And that word creates focus, a rallying cry, a catalyst of how you are going to propel this year for you both in your personal and in your professional life. The word is generally, you know, used to tie back to your goals, but you put that word in prominent places like, you know, on the mirror, on your monitor, on your phone, in your car, just places to actually remind you of what that word would be. So examples would be abundance, adventure, align, authentic, balance, connection, better, blessed, intentional, joy. These are just a selection of words. Different people use different inspirations to come up with their words for the year. So what is your word for 2022? So I have not done this approach in a few years. I've done it in the past, but I haven't done it in a few years. So as we were working on the goal setting on webinars and the other uh, topics that we covered in the podcast, I thought a lot about what's the word for the year? How would I describe what I want 2022 to be? And a particular word kept coming to mind. Actually, it's not a word per se, but it's the prefix re, R-E. So one definition of re is to do it again. In my context, it's not about doing the exact same thing or the exact same method to accomplish the exact same thing. It's about taking a fresh 
look or a different perspective at how I want to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. It's about reimagining the future, uh, re-engaging, you know, different audiences. It's about re-engineering what success looks like in different areas of my life. And so this thought process, as I was going through this back in 2021, the late part of 2021, really led to the concept of the Unwebinar series, the small group virtual meetings where we have two-way conversations about topics that are relevant to your success. You know, these events are no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. And so this thought process of quote-unquote re has also led me to reimagine workshops. So have you gone to a quote-unquote workshop where people talked at you and not necessarily to you where every other slide or at least the end of the slides are a sales pitch. You want to go to the back of the virtual room to sign up for this guru's program. You ever been to that kind of workshop, especially in this virtual environment? What about the quote unquote workshop that is just an extended webinar, an extended series of presentations where people are talking at you? Listen, webinars are, for the most part, one-way communication. So you are being talked at. A workshop is intended to be interactive where there's give and take and where you participate along with your hosts and the experts. So if you leave a workshop with a set of notes, the presentation slides, and maybe access to video recordings, then you know what? I think that is a waste of your time. And it's not your fault. You deserve to participate in a workshop that will actually equip you with what you need to implement the information that was covered in the workshop. This is why I have developed the re-workshop concept. So during these interactive workshops, you will walk away with a 90-day action plan to help you implement the concepts that are covered in that workshop. So the first workshop is being planned for February the 18th. Uh, 2022 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. And that is the re-workshop getting back to your goals. You can use the link in the show notes to find out more information about the re-workshop. So what do I want to talk about today? What's today's show about? It's really about building better presentation skills or building your presentation skills. So I want to talk about, that's it, presentations. You know, so what are the elements of a good presentation? I think we all know them in general. Know your audience, know the controlling ideal uh, in terms of what your presentation is going to be about. Have a good flow for that presentation. You want to be able to make sure that the presentation is visually appealing. And you also want to be able to kind of have a call to action to have something that is intended for the audience to do some decision that you want them to make some way that you want them to actually look at this information, some kind of change that will happen as a result of the presentation that you're given. So, you know, when we think about knowing the audience, I think that one, you know, know who you're talking to really need to know who you're talking to. And if you don't know who you're going to be talking to or know who's going to be in that audience for that presentation, you need to go do some more research. So many of us give presentations at conferences, at virtual meetings, 
at meetups, some technical sessions. All of these things is where we are there to present these ideas. And so the number two point was know the controlling idea or the narrative of your presentation. So at the end of your presentation, think of it this way. What message are you trying to communicate to your audience? You know, what is it at the end of all of the slides, at the end of the pictures, at the end of your narrative, everything that you want them to say, what's the controlling ideal that should weave its way through that entire presentation? And again, what action do you want them to take? I think element three for a good presentation is have a good flow. Look, good speakers are logical with the flow of their presentations. The audience can easily follow them. Uh, They keep the presentation to about three key points. If you have too many key points, then no one point stands out and is actually key and the message may get lost. Even worse, it could be confusing. You can have key points that or points in your presentation that seem to be different that seem to oppose each other. And you do not want to cause confusion to your audience because when you get to your call of action, you want them to actually do something. And if they're confused, people will not take action. Number four, this one is particularly, I think, important. Uh, The presentation should be visually appealing. So here's the question. Visually appealing to whom? Not necessarily to you, but to the audience that you are presenting the information to. So you want to be able to use pictures where it makes sense. You want to limit the amount of text that's on individual slides. And you want to make sure that you never, ever, ever have to say, I know that you can't read this, or I know that it's too small for you to see, but Listen, that usually happens when you try to squeeze too much information on a slide. If you can't squeeze it in where it's legible and people can see it and it meets the flow of what you're trying to communicate, find a different way to communicate that information. Just point blank, find a different way. You do not want to say that, you know, I know you can't read. No, we need to take that out of your presentation vocabulary. And point number five, I didn't mention this before. It's kind of implicit in all of the other things that I'm including or that I'm talking about, but I think this is really important and that is prove that you know your audience. It's one thing to say, know your audience. It's another thing to actually prove it in your action. So you want to use examples that will resonate with your audience. If you're talking to a group of vertical building construction engineers, It may not be useful to get into a discussion about the molecular details of asphalt binders. You want to use practical examples that your audience can relate to. This goes for the pictures as well. You know, if you're giving a presentation to small businesses, mom and pop stores and shops. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done-for-you services or as done-with-you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. 
Don't use pictures of Fortune 500 companies, these larger organizations. It will not connect or relate to that audience. It's not enough for you to say that you know your audience. Your actions have to show that you know that audience. That is how you connect. And the last but not least in the elements of a good presentation is make sure that you can include that call to action. The audience cannot read your mind, okay? You've gone through the presentation. You you have a flow. Ideally, you've really set up this call to action. You've set everything up for the action to take place, but you still have to make the call. You still have to point it out. The audience cannot read your mind, point blank. So giving a good presentation is part science and skill. It requires preparation and yes, it helps if you rehearse, okay? You know, because you want to make sure that your presentation is really delivered as intended. There's one more thing, yeah, that you don't want to do, particularly in this Zoom virtual meeting presentation type environment. And that is you do not want to simply read your slides. It becomes boring. It becomes monotonous. People will tune you out and they'll just read the slides or they'll say, let me do something else. I'm going to multitask, ignore this person talking and do something else because I know I'll get the text that he's talking about on the slides and that's all the information that I need. So you want to really set it up when you're giving a presentation that people are engaged in what you're saying and that that information, all of the information isn't there on the slides, the context, the stories, the other things that relates that information to them may not be on that slide. So typically when we think of giving presentations, we're thinking at conferences or group meetings and your job is really to deliver information, but very rarely are we confronted with challenging questions. So what do you do when you have to present your ideal or your project where you know there's going to be feedback and you know that one individual on your team or that one individual that's looking at the review or that project is going to be there or that one group is going to be there that thinks a little bit differently about this project than you do? What do you do? What do you do when you know that there's going to be a challenge or what do you do when you don't even know that there's going to be a challenge is something just pops up. So I remember the first time that I gave a presentation at a national conference and I was confronted with what at the time for me was really some challenging questions, right? They weren't necessarily confrontational, but it was just challenging to what I was presenting and what we were doing. It was, you know, why did you do it this way? Why did you use this particular method? Uh, Did you consider doing X or you would have been better off if you would have done Z or that seems like it was redundant the way you did this. And so all of these things for me at the time, I considered those to be pretty challenging. And here's the interesting thing in that moment, this is over 20 something years ago in that moment, I'm there at the podium giving a presentation. It's my first time on a national stage. I am gripped with fear, uncertainty, and I really didn't know what to do. I was prepared from the perspective of knowing the content, but I was not prepared really to be able to deal with questions. I wasn't prepared to deal with the interruptions 
that happen in that kind of environment. I wish I could tell you exactly what I said. I don't really remember exactly what I said, but what I do remember is this. And this is something that I think we can all employ is I remember calming myself, asking the people that were asking the questions one by one. Can you repeat that question? Okay. So I understand you are asking me about X, Y, Z, just really trying to get a good understanding of what that person is asking and what their question is. And then using that time to articulate or come up with a, an appropriate response. And so that's what I remember doing. I don't remember what I said, but I remember just going through that general process. So after the meeting, someone whom I still know to this day, it is a small world. And when you're at these national meetings, you meet people, you stay connected with them. I still know this person to this day. They came up to me and said, you did a good job dealing with those questions. It's like, why, you know, why did you say that? You know, what did I do? And their answer was this, you took the time to respond and you did not react. So when you're faced with a similar situation, take your time, really consider the question and then respond. Do not react. So now over 20 years later, I have a couple of other suggestions or thoughts that I would add to that as well. Here's this. No one knows the topic from your perspective as well as you do. So do not be offended when someone asks a question. You've spent countless hours or time thinking about this, right? You know it. You've thought about it. You've rehearsed the presentation. You've looked at the facts. You have all the data. You know the information in and out. They do not. So you already have an understanding of what you're talking about. They do not. So it's really, they're trying to catch up to where you are. So you have to be able to give them grace when they ask those questions. Another thing is, yes, you do want to have a script. Yes, you do want to rehearse, right? You, you want to rehearse what you're going to say. You, all of the elements that we talked about before, knowing the audience, having a controlling ideal, being able to have a good flow, uh, making sure that it's visually appealing, uh, showing that you know your audience and making that call of action. All of those things still apply even in this situation. They all still apply. But you really want to make sure that you have the ability to adapt, right? When you know that information and you know the presentation, you know kind of the controlling idea. If something comes up and somebody asks a question that requires you to think about the project differently, then think about it differently. If someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer, it's okay to say, that is a very good question. I'm not sure what that answer is right now, but our team is going to look at it and we're going to make some changes or we'll come back with the response. You have to have the ability to adapt. You have to have the ability to adapt. And then my last point is that you have to be able to see the question from their perspective, the person that's asking the question without judgment of the person or their motives. And when I say without judgment, because when you have that judgment there, when you're thinking, I can't believe this person asked this question, it's a stupid question, or they're out to get me, that comes through in your body language and your responses. It will come through because that is a natural reaction, right? It's a reaction. So you want to be able to suspend judgment 
and be able to look at it from the perspective of that team, be able to look at it from the perspective of that person. And as I mentioned in my other point, you want to be able to extend grace, grace to that individual. How does this issue impact that team? How does this issue impact their job? How does this issue impact what's going on within the organization? Because all of those things can play a role in how this person is asking a question and what they're actually asking. And your thoughts about what their perspective may be can help you actually come up with an answer to that question and you not necessarily feel challenged or being defensive because you don't want to come off as being defensive. So today we've covered a lot about building better presentation skills and then what you do when you're confronted with challenging questions. So for the better presentation skills, again, you want to know your audience. You want to know the controlling ideal or the narrative of your presentation. You want to have a good flow for the presentation. Understand that your presentation should be visually appealing. You have to prove or show that you know your audience. And you want to make sure that you have a really good call to action. And if you're in a situation where there's two-way discussion and you're confronted with a challenging question or confronted with a question at all or interruption to your presentation, one, take your time, respond, do not react. Have confidence in your perspective. Understand that you know the information inside and out and provide grace and no judgment to the people that are asking you the questions. And you want to be able to adapt from your script in the wording that you've rehearsed and you know what you've said, you understand the essence or the controlling ideal of what you're trying to say. It doesn't matter if it's those exact words. What matters is if that controlling ideal is actually conveyed and that you can still hold to some type of call to action at the end of your presentation. Again, remove judgment from the person and their questions. And so these practical tips will help you in your next presentation, regardless if the setting is virtual or in person. I appreciate you spending some time today to engineer your success. The links for all of the resources and events that I mentioned earlier are in the show notes and ways to connect with me through direct direct messaging is in the show notes as well. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And a select group actually follow through, do it, and live the life of their dreams. My goal for you is to help you be part of that select few. I want you to be great this week and absolutely nail your next presentation. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life. And it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.